Welcome back to the DCL Duo podcast. Thanks for listening. Sam and I are so excited to have you join us on our Disney adventures. If you like the podcast and want to support us, please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast service. We're available on most major providers, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. Please also be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews help people who might be interested in listening to our podcast find us more easily, and they also help you, our listeners, as we're able to get even more great Disney guests to come on the show. We'll also shamelessly read new reviews on the air at the beginning of each show so you too can be part of the DCL Duo podcast. If you'd like to connect with us and our podcast community, also be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at DCL Duo, or join our Facebook group for the DCL Duo vlog and podcast. Speaking of our vlog, you'll also find video content from us on our YouTube channel at DCL Duo. Again, thanks for listening, and now, on to the show. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the DCL Duo podcast. So tonight, we thought we'd spend some time talking about one of our favorite subjects, Disney dining, Disney food. And to help us out, we're excited to welcome to our show, Michael and Tracy. Welcome, Michael and Tracy. Thanks for joining us. No problem. We're excited. Thank you for having us. So why don't we start things off with, uh, why don't you give us a little bit of your sort of Disney background? Um, tell us tell us about your connection back to Disney, what you guys like to do, and uh, then we'll sort of dive into some other things. But Well, I actually never went to Disney until I was an adult. The first time I ever went to Disney, I was, uh, I don't know, 26 or 27, and I immediately fell in love with it and knew that it was something that I wanted to continue to do. Um, but Michael has a better story about that than I do because he grew up with Disney. So, yeah, I, I grew up outside Washington D.C. and uh, four, five years old, four years old, had a, a family friends of ours moved down to Florida. They moved to Ormond Beach, right outside Daytona. So we started taking two week trips every every year down to to stay with them. And the, within the year after Disney opened, we started going at least for a day or two every every summer that we were down there so of course then it wasn't i wasn't interested in the dining or drinking or anything <laughs> like that it was you know the rides and you know the old a to e tickets and and uh, all all that stuff watch epcot be constructed yeah so we we would visit one or two days every every summer going down all, all the way from uh, Basically, when when they opened Disney until I was a teenager, uh, then then went away for a while. Then then met Tracy and she was interested and started going back. And and that's really when started discovering all the the uh, the adult side of Disney. And you guys are DVC owners as well, aren't you? We own actually we have two contracts at Animal Kingdom. Um, we bought the first one. We have we have we're blended family, so we have four kids um, and. Our kids are a little bit older than yours. Uh, the youngest one is 17. The oldest one is 20. And they're all in between there. So we started out with Animal Kingdom because we thought it would be, you know, they were 10-ish, you know, in that area. And we thought that'd be a great place. Um, and then we got an opportunity on the cruise ship. Actually, we bought both of our contracts on the cruise ship and got an opportunity to, to increase it because we originally thought we would only go to Disney maybe once every couple of years. And after <laughs> we got started... That that isn't exactly how it's rolled. So. <laughs> now, do do you make it out to Disneyland in addition to Disney World, or do you, 
We have been to Disneyland. We actually um, did a trip where we went to Alani and stayed at the Alani Resort and then came back and did Disneyland. And for anybody who is thinking about doing those two things together, because if you're from Ohio, Walt Disney World is obviously much closer. Orlando is easier to get to, cheaper to fly to, all that. Um, but we highly recommend that you do Disneyland first and then do Alani, because if you do it the opposite way, you go from total relaxation to heart craze <laughs> in like, you know, just a, just a small flight. But um, we, and we actually uh, were, we're supposed to be on uh, Disney cruise right now, um, which was uh, out of San Diego going to Cabo. And then we were going to go to Disneyland for four or five days. Uh, unfortunately, due to Three the uh, COVID-19, we are homebound at this point. <laughs> So we've been to Disneyland and actually, if you ask our four kids, because they've been now to both, the four kids will say they like Disneyland better than Disney World. No buses. You know, we stayed at the Grand, we stayed at the Grand Californian. And so you could literally walk out of the hotel. You were in a park. Um, They liked the fact that they could use their app on their phone to run from park to park to Mm -hmm. depend on which ride was, you know, had the, the shortest line. So we've been to both and we we enjoy both. And and we actually were, you know, trying to kind of make a little bit of a list of places that we've eaten and and things we've done. And so this is really kind of, you know, right up our alley, because now as the kids have gotten a little older and don't maybe travel with us quite as often, um, we've gotten to do more of the adult trips. And so we've gotten to try some things that maybe we wouldn't have done otherwise. That's awesome. Why don't you tell our listeners how Brian and I met the two of you? Well, it was on a Disney cruise. <laughs> we took the Southern Caribbean cruise. That was last summer, right? right. Yeah. And uh, we were on a, what, what island was it though? I don't remember. We were on a catamaran. It was um, Martinique, wasn't it? Martinique. Uh, yeah. Yes, it was Martinique. Yeah, because yeah, we had that awesome fish, remember, uh, yeah. that the chef made us. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. And so we, we uh, were on this uh, catamaran trip and there were, you know, there may or may not have been some rum punch and <laughs> and some some snorkeling and some sunshine and uh, so we uh, sat in a little corner with a couple of couples and you guys were one of the couples and we really hit it off because run Disney I did a, the Princess Half Marathon in sixteen I know Brian runs a lot of them lucky so that it was it was really it was a I love the Southern trip. I love that's the second time we've done that uh, itinerary. I would do it every time if they had it more often because it is just the islands are just different and they they throw a new one in each time and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, we totally would do that one again if they if they bring back the 11 night, we would we would love to do that one again. And it would be really fun if you guys were on it again yeah. and maybe we could even have dinner together well, on a, a normal uh, rotational dining. I say believe me, I was watching those itineraries when they came out because <laughs> if it had been the 11 night, I probably would have booked it. Uh but, but it was the 9 night, so I was a little disappointed. Um and I'll say for for anyone listening, you can head over to the DCL podcast. Uh, Sam and I did an episode over there talking about the 11 night cruise uh, with Steve and uh, his folks. And that was um, uh, a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Let's dive into a little bit of Disney dining. Um, Before we sort of head into things, I just wanted to sort of put some general terminology out so that everyone listening who may not be as familiar with Disney as the rest of us are kind of has a basic understanding of some of the things that we might be talking about tonight. So um, we'll be talking a little bit about sort of quick serve versus sit down dining a little bit um, and just 
on the table, a quick serve dining uh, is obviously kind of the walk-up window dining that you'll find in the parks um, versus a sit-down dining where you might uh, go and order from a menu and have table service. Probably hear the term signature dining this evening. Uh, signature dining is obviously sort of the higher-end dining uh, at Disney, the nicer restaurants, reservations required, sometimes carry a dress code. In particular, there are a couple of restaurants we probably will hit on Mm-hmm. that have a, a specific dress code that that does get enforced. And sometimes if you're on a dining plan, uh, which you can talk to any travel agent about, that you might it might take two credits for a signature dining versus a regular dining. Yes, and Sam has now introduced a term that I was getting ready to discuss <laughs> that you won't be maybe not be familiar with, which is the Disney dining plan. There are different levels of the dining plan that include sort of usually quick service credits, snack credits, and then sit down dining or meal credits. Um, different levels of the plan carry different number of credits for each of those. Some of them have no sit down dining credits. Um, some of them have more. Um, and there's probably a whole episode to be had over how to best maximize a dining plan. If you decide to purchase one for you and your family, I'll just say, you know, do some math and figure out if it's right for you before you do. And maybe we'll talk about that at another show. Yeah, that's not this episode. And then the last thing I just kind of want to hit on is you might hear terminology. Uh, there's, there's an abbreviation used a lot with dining called ADR or advanced dining reservations. Um, so at Disney world, especially uh, and at Disneyland, you can book obviously your dining reservations in advance at Disney World. The window books out, I think it's 180 days. You can do your, is it 180 or 120? I think it's 180 days you can do your dining reservations um, in advance. And so that's sort of a big moment and window for the Disney vacation is planning where you're going to dine six months before you even set foot in a park. Uh, and and this book, is specific to Disney World for that. Advance. For Disney World. For, well, in Disneyland, you can do dining reservations about 90 days out. But um, we'll talk about that a little bit because what I want to do now is um, actually I think I think Tracy had left us a review suggesting we should do some rapid fire with all of our <laughs> guests. And so yes. I thought I thought what we would do tonight to sort of set the stage for this topic is do the rapid fire up front. And so I'm going to shoot a question out and everyone can just give their answer. Some of these Sam and I will have given an answer in a prior podcast, but you'll, you know, anyone who's listened to the full catalog will just have to suffer through a duplicate answer at this point. <laughs> or you can double check and say that we didn't change our answers, but here we go. Which we might. To start the show, these are all food related rapid fire questions. So question number one, and we'll we'll start with Tracy. Tracy, favorite Disney snack. Oh, by far the ice cream sandwich the Mickey ice cream sandwich. That's what I get every time I go. That's not the one on the stick. The ice cream sandwich. Yeah. Uh, the cookie sandwich. The okay. Cookies, yeah. yeah. The. All right. Yeah, that's a really good one. All right. Yeah. Sam, I already know. I, Mickey I have pretzel. to. I have to stick with the Mickey pretzel with the nacho cheese. So I'm I remember change you mentioning look. that, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's really good too." <laughs> yeah, I can't. That's that's a constant for me. So I'm going to change mine. It was the churro at Disneyland. I think I'm going to go with beignets in New Orleans Square at uh the the cafe there in disneyland i forget the name of the cafe but the new orleans square beignets yeah oh, delicious. That sounds good too. all right favorite disney dessert this doesn't have to be quick serve off of a cart it could be at a restaurant so why don't we start sam favorite disney dessert i'm gonna have to go classic and say the mickey bar mickey bar now this is the one on the stick <laughs> the ice cream bar on right. the stick <laughs> And on the cruise, it's free, but in the parks, it's not. <laughs> True statement. True statement. Um, I would, I would say for can I is this is this just in the parks or can I pick from the cruise line? No, 
Anywhere you want to be. Anywhere you want to be. Oh, Palo, the chocolate souffle, hands down. Oh, yeah. Good so one. Palo is the Italian restaurant. It's an adults-only restaurant on all four Disney ships. Yep. Yep. Michael? My, my answer is the same. We we get that chocolate souffle every every time we go. And the last time we were on the cruise, we ordered the chocolate souffle, and our waitress, who we've had before, and she spoils us every time we have her, said, "Well, we have a new one. It was an it was an amaretto one, right? An amaretto souffle." Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they had so, that. Yeah. And she brought us two chocolates and then one amaretto to share. We still think the chocolate's the best, but the amaretto is pretty good. All right, so my favorite Disney dessert, I'm going to go with, um, this is a tough one. I'm going to go with Ohana bread pudding. Ooh. The Ohana bread pudding. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a, big bre I'm a big bread pudding fan. Okay, so now uh, a little harder maybe. <laughs> you can't change your snack now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you going to do bread pudding as a snack? <laughs> no, no, the, the bread is the... Uh... Yeah, Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Oh, it's Sanaa. Oh, Sanaa. Yeah, the, oh, bread, the bread service. service. Yeah. We haven't had to, we haven't gotten a chance to have that yet. We we, oh, we were supposed to. We've gotten that. We've had that for like lunch as well. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. We've gotten it as a snack. Yeah, we've heard it's amazing. Yeah. It's very good. All right, top three quick service dining, and the reason I said top three is because we're talking across all parks, cruise oh, yeah. lines. Anywhere you want to be. So I'm going to give you three shots at, at oh my quick gosh, serve dining. So I'll go first. I'll go first because okay. I did put a little thought into this one. That will give everybody else a chance to think. So I think my top three, uh, one is going to be Ronto Roasters at Star Wars Galaxy Galaxy's Edge because I love the Ronto wrap. And I think it's both good for breakfast and lunch. <laughs> um, Number two, well, uh, sorry, number two, not these aren't in any particular order. Number two is going to be, I think, Casey's. I think it's uh, on Main Street, the, uh, oh, yeah. the hot dog serve. Um, mm -hmm. I had that for the, I actually had that. I had not had that for a long time. I had it for the first time on race weekend this past year. Uh, I had a chili dog post marathon and it was delicious. <laughs> um, and then number three, I'm going to probably steal one from Sam, the virtues of going first. I'm going to go with Satuli's Canteen oh. in, in uh, Pandora and Animal Kingdom. So there we go. You can, you can repeat. Repeats okay. are allowed. Repeats All right, loud. I'll go next then. So I'm going to go with Flo's Cafe oh. in Cars Land. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. At Disneyland. Mm -hmm. um, then I'm going to go for... Oh, this is so hard. I'm going to go for Satuli's Canteen also in Pandora and Animal Kingdom. And, and I'm trying to think of one at Magic Kingdom. Oh, no. You, you know what? The, the Sci-Fi Diner at Hollywood Studios. Is that quick, sir? Uh, no, maybe that is a quick Ooh, serve. Party Ooh, foul. you're party right. Foul. Okay. You need a quick serve. Okay, quick serve. Um, Pizza Planet. All right, that'll work. I'll give you oh, a pizza. There you go. I'll give you pizza. All right. All right, Michael, what's yours? The Flame Tree Barbecue at uh, Animal Kingdom. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Heard good things. Uh, Pecos Bills oh. and Magic Kingdom. Oh, I took one of mine. Oh, that's a good one. And the, the Baseline Brew Pub in Hollywood Studios. Oh, I haven't tried that one. I'll have to give that one a shot. Yeah, I wanted to, I, Flame Tree. We we bypassed this time, but we we smell. I think I smell it every time I walk through. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, all right, baseline, Tracy, what's your what's your three? Well, the bait just before I go, the baseline brew pub. Somebody told us about this, and it's really hard to find. 
It's like in a little nook and cranny kind of behind the sci-fi diner. Sci it's, it's sort of attached to the sci-fi diner, but like towards the back. It's, it's kind of hard to find. It is the cutest little place. And they had some really nice little appetizers. And it was super cute. So if you haven't been there, that's a place we highly recommend because that's one when we move to Florida someday, we're going to go there like every weekend. <laughs> You're already so, planning it, huh? Yeah, already planning it. And then for me, Pecos Bills was my first pick and he stole it. Um, that's one of the places that we go every single time. It's like when we get there, that's the place we go for lunch like all the time. And then on the cruise ship, I know every, nobody else is going to pick this, but I am like totally addicted to the pizza on the cruise ship by the pool. Yeah. <laughs> you can I think get you mean like the midnight, with, the midnight buffet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and one of the other things I said was we call it magic food, but it's the food they put out at like 1030 between the bars and the adult section of the cruise ship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where they've got like the nachos and that kind of stuff. That's always fun to, to munch on. And then the other one I picked was um, Andy's lunch pail at uh, Toy Story Land. Oh, that's a yeah. cute one. Yeah. What's interesting on the cruise ship too is on the magic and the wonder in the um in the in the pub, the name of which is escaping me. It's the Irish pub on the ship. Uh, so they have like food out almost all the time, as opposed to the fantasy and the dream where they kind of put it out at kind of a you know, a random time in the evening. Um, yeah, on the magic and the wonder, it's sort of there's I feel like there's snacks there were, just yeah, constantly there was like out. Chicken yeah. wings and stuff out yeah. in the middle of the day. Gills. Oh gills. gills. Thank oh you. gills, yes, yes. yes. All right. Um, okay. Favorite Disney drink, and this can be alcoholic or non-alcoholic. I know what you're. I know what you should say. I know so what I'm going to say. Let's start with Michael. Um, the uh, on on the last cruise, the Macallan Scotch Flight uh, was Ooh. was really enjoyable. Took took time with the bartender at the the Meridian and and savored it over about an hour and a half, and, and really enjoyed all the nuances of, of each of the the different scotches way to sneak five drinks into one i like it <laughs> <laughs> um uh tracy why don't you go ahead this is not at a park and not on the cruise ship but it is at a disney resort we um love disney's vero beach resort and i don't know if you guys have ever been there they have the, the cutest little bar right next to the pool and they have something they call the island grove iced tea now Ooh. it's basically a Long Island iced tea, but they use <laughs> local liquors that you can only get in Florida and it just tastes different and it is delightful. So that would be Ooh. my absolute favorite drink by far. That sounds amazing. I mean, the drink sounds amazing, but Vero Beach sounds amazing as well. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll, have to, we'll, we're definitely gonna have to try that out. Yeah. Um, all right, Sam. So I think Brian and mine are likely to be the same drink. No? Oh, uh, I love the uh, Para 75 at Skyline yes. on the Disney Cruise. You just totally shocked me. I thought you were definitely going to say Banana Carib. Oh, no. I think the Para 75 even. Be so I love the Banana Carib, which is another drink on the cruise. But the Banana yeah. Carib is served at the the pool bars, The which it's basically a pina colada plus banana. Right. Um, but the Paris, but the Paris 75 is this awesome blue colored drink. I have no idea what's in it, um, <laughs> but it's like a martini in a martini glass and it comes with a ice cube light. Well, a light up ice cube. It's not a real ice cube. Um, and it's yeah, with a sugar rim and it's served at the Skyline Lounge. All right. That's yeah. a good one. That is that's a good, a good one. one. All right. I'm going to go non-alcoholic. 
I'm going to go non-alcoholic. I'm going to give a favorite drink that's non-alcoholic. I'm going to go with the Tatooine Sunrise from Ronto Roasters. Ooh. Another favorite of mine in Star Wars Galaxy Z. So I sought one of those out last time. After waiting in line at Rise of the Resistance and not getting on, I I like went over and got myself my Tatooine Sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a consolation prize. A consolation prize for sure. All right. Um, okay. Favorite sit-down restaurant at Disneyland. Ooh, okay. I like that we're, you're giving different categories because I think there's different, there are different, well, and can this be like downtown Disney and Disney things or does that have to be in Disneyland the Disneyland Resort. The Disneyland Resort. The entirety resort. of the resort. Okay. I'm going to go with Napa Rose where for those who haven't heard, we did the chef's tasting menu there and it was amazing. And it was one of, one of the best meals I've had. All right, Nap- Napa Rose, chef's table at Napa Rose. It's yeah. a little unfair. <laughs> it's a little unfair. But... Um, okay, Tracy? The um, Italian place that you guys were talking about on one of your last episodes that has the annual pass holder bar, uh, bar upstairs, the, the Trattoria. What is Wine the name country. of Wine yes, Country. Wine Country Trattoria. Yeah. Tr- I, I love a good Italian restaurant, and so we actually dined al fresco there with uh, 14 of our close family and friends. Oh, nice. And I have to say the same because that's the only one I can think of. <laughs> uh, Favorite well, sit down at Disneyland Resort. I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with Steakhouse 55. I thought that was a really good meal. Was. I was kind of impressed by it. Um, yeah, Steakhouse, I'll go with Steakhouse 55. Although I think Blue Bayou deserves an honorable mention. That's a cool, like the food is okay but the atmosphere the, of that restaurant is really cool i so. think the food is is good i wouldn't i would not say the food is as good as wine country Trattoria or napa no, rose no. or even steak s55 but i would put it up there as a very good sit down restaurant in the parks well i'm surprised you didn't go with carthay circle that's a good one too but i would put i put carthay circle yeah. a little bit above blue bayou the food's better atmosphere better God, i hope the chef from napa rose isn't <laughs> listening right now <laughs> well i don't i honestly i i think it's good but i think on the whole i think the food in the parks is generally not even the sit-down restaurant is generally not as good as the food at downtown disney with a disneyland resort and disney springs at disney world okay chef andrew you can reach you can reach sam at <laughs> just kidding um, he was off that okay, day right. he was off that day yeah. <laughs> yeah. um okay now it should be obvious next category favorite sit-down restaurant at walt disney world and again entire resort so let's, let's go to michael first yeah oh wow it is one that we go to every time we're there uh, disney springs wine bar george they love that they have the small plates, so you you can choose. When the two of us go, we can choose several things we want to eat, and then uh, they have really rare, rare or hard to find or or expensive wines that that you can buy even by the ounce just to to get a taste of it. So, oh, that's, that's definitely one. yeah, that's definitely become a favorite. Nice, nice. What about you, Tracy? I would say for me, probably Le Cellier in um, Epcot. Excellent. Uh, because choice. I am such a steak freak. I mean, if you guys ever do go on a cruise with us again and you sit at the table, you will know that I order steak every night. <laughs> I do. Um, and so anytime I can get a good steak, I'm all in. So that's definitely, it would be between that one. And I guess if I get an honorable mention, um, Paradiso 37 in Disney Springs. Oh, yeah. 
is really good as well. Um, both places I've had excellent steaks. So <laughs> <laughs> we had a we had a great brunch actually at La Cellier when we were there for fest was it Festival of the Arts? Yeah, Festival of the yeah. Arts. Yeah, they had like a, a special brunch for Festival of the Arts, and it was yeah that was, a was really, really delicious. Good. Um, all right, all right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go, and then you can. Yeah, you go, Brian. You can go. I think I know your answer. Uh, okay, I'm gonna say Homecoming by oh. Chef Art Smith at Disney Springs. That like I, I've had many good meals at Disney, but that meal was amazing. It was yeah, so good. It was, it was really so good. good. I'm not surprised you picked that. Brian is a, a Southerner at heart, having grown up in Kentucky for most of his childhood. And I'm just not surprised he chose the they, place with all the fried food. They don't make fried chicken in <laughs> Seattle like they do in Louisville. I can tell you that. <laughs> and then I'm going to to clearly choose Morimoto in Disney Springs. Um, I'm obsessed with the ribs there. And I'm just obsessed with that restaurant it's amazing and there's a lot of great food in disney springs there's so much good food all over i mean the park there's so many places like both of those places you guys just named we haven't even gotten to yet oh they're Mm -hmm. so good you have to try yeah Yeah. and there's just there's so many especially the the bigger disney springs gets yep more places there are um you know to choose from it because we were going to go to homecoming the last time we were there, but ended up going back to the Flight Pig because we we enjoyed the barbecue there so much. <laughs> well, since you mentioned you like Italian, have you tried Maria and Enzo's in uh, Disney Springs? Because that's a that we've we've been there, and it was actually I think uh, I think it was on par with, if not even a little bit better than Wine Country Tutoria. So yeah, 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 yeah you'd like it. That one at Hollywood Studios, the Italian Mama Mama. Oh, Mama! Yeah, I, I Mama. It's not Mama Enzo's, but yeah, I know exactly what you're you talking about. You know where I'm talking about? It's like yeah. over by the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I th- I've heard good things about pizza mm-hmm. there, of all things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. All right, anyway. last last category. Since we've done the parks, now it's time for the cruise line. Favorite <laughs> restaurant on Disney Cruise Line. And are you talking about all of, of all the restaurants? You can have rotational dining or the adult like uh, reservation-only restaurants, Pal and Remy. Okay. All right. Let's go to Tracy first. Um, Palo, hands down for me. Dinner or brunch? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's the perfect answer. Sometimes on the cruise, we do both because we love it so much. Yeah. We've done all four of of brunches and dinners uh, on a cruise before. In fact, I think we did it on that 11 night cruise. Oh, yeah. You'd, You'd have to spread it out on 11 night. You could never do that on a seven. Too much. Well, we did it once on a seven it and we were, we were never the same. We, we, could, we felt like we needed it to be rolled off the ship. It oh, I'm just, yeah, I can't imagine. Because usually if, by Palo brunch, it's going to be three days before I can even think about going to Palo for dinner. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, no, that'd be mine for sure. I love their brunch um, and, and obviously their dinner is spectacular. And then, you know, it's the, it's the atmosphere. It's, it's the adults only it's a little bit dressier you know they they'll talk to you about wine pairings and you know those kinds of things and we now i'll be honest we have not eaten at remy for a meal we did a dessert i don't even know what it was called a dessert oh yeah the dessert they have that special dessert seating or something yeah where you can get like you know we had five or six desserts and you can have wine with each one of them but I'm I'm a little bit of a picky eater, so when I look at that Remy menu, it kind of freaks me out a little bit. Now Michael <laughs> would be all over it; he, he he would love that, but I'm a little bit freaked out about it. So, 
I get it. So, so next time, my- next time we all cruise, then Michael will come to Remy with us one night. <laughs> right. and, I'll, and I'll go to the pizza place by the pool and, you know, watch the dive in movie. It'll be all good. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Michael, what's your favorite? Right. I probably would say Safe Hollow, but since Tracy did, I'll pick, pick another one, the uh, Enchanted Garden, because I, I love the Chilean sea bass. Oh, yeah. That Chilean sea bass is awesome. What a great dish. Yeah, it's that's the one that's on top of the risotto, right? Right. Oh, delicious. Super good. All right. What about Brian? Oh, you want me to go next? Yeah. Um, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. It's I'm gonna say it's a toss-up for me between Palo Brunch or Remy dinner. Mm-hmm. If I have to land on one, oh, it pains <laughs> me. I'm gonna go. I'm, I feel like I'm giving away one of my children or something. I'm gonna go with Palo Brunch. I'm gonna do Palo <laughs> Brunch. I think the Italian food at Palo Brunch is amazing. Um, yeah, we'll come back and talk about Palo a little bit more okay. uh, here in a minute. So, but yeah, Palo Brunch. So I was going to pick Palo Brunch too. So this is not, this is really not fair, but I'm going to throw a curveball and uh, say instead, one of the things I love about cabanas. <laughs> Any restaurant in the fleet and you pick the buffet. <laughs> I'm going to say that I love the breakfast spread at Cabana's. Oh, my God. No, I do. <laughs> Listen, it's not my favorite restaurant. I'm just trying to come up with something different than you all. With, the muesli is amazing at Cabana's. <laughs> no. no, no. It's those it's those delicious, delicious hash browns. Oh, God. Oh, you, you and... True statement. So she has a friend who we, we will remain nameless who likes to take two of the hash browns and a chicken finger and make a sandwich <laughs> with lots of ketchup. He tries to find the time when the cabanas is changing over from breakfast to lunch or, or when the grill is opening. And so you get the chicken fingers from the grill so and you, you get the, so you too can recreate the KFC double down on board the Disney cruise line. <laughs> but I'm, I'm saying those hash browns are some of the most delightful things on the cruise line. They really are very good. Like it's one of those things where I tell myself I'm not going to get one every time I go to breakfast. And then I get one every time I go to breakfast. Yep. I can't help it, but I always get two. <laughs> that Mickey waffle. I'm I'm a sucker for a Mickey waffle. Yeah, I do like a, a Mickey waffle. I find though they they tend to be a little uh, too toasty for me. Though. Yes, mm. I think they've been I'm sitting a... under the heat lamp too long. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, that concludes the lightning round. So now we're going to kind of circle back and maybe unpack a little bit on some specific things. So I thought we could talk about. Um, well, let's let's start where we concluded here at the with the cruise line. Now, Michael and Tracy, you haven't been to Remy, but I think why don't we talk about what we like about Palo Palo brunch, Palo dinner? Um, Sam, I think you said you Palo brunch was the top of your list. Yes, Tracy, Michael, I think you said Palo anything is at the top of your yes, list. Exactly. Um, so, I, so let's talk about brunch for a second. Like, what what um, what what do you love about brunch at Palo. And I'm going to give one like public service announcement really quickly about Palo brunch, because I've heard a few people hate on Palo brunch <gasps> and they come out of it and they go, well, I mean, it was just eggs Benedict or something Ugh. like that. And, and my immediate reaction to that is you are at an Italian restaurant. If you do not order the Italian food, it is your right? fault. It is exactly. your fault. So, so anyway, PSA, if you're at Palo for brunch, order the Italian food. All right. With that, 
What, so Tracy, what's your favorite thing about Palo Brunch? What do you like most about it? Well, Palo, first of all, Palo Brunch, you get a mimosa or, <laughs> or a bellini, right? The first thing they'd say is, do you want a bellini or do you want a mimosa? Well, how bad can it be at that point? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I like the fact that it's, you know, it's that high end where they're really, they're taking care of you. Mm-hmm. And um, because I'm a picky eater, I do like a buffet but Paolo's buffet is a, at least one step above Cabana's. <laughs> <laughs> but without um, the hash browns. <laughs> yeah, I mean, without the hash browns, that's true. Um, their, their buffet spread portion of the brunch, for me, is good because I can pick and choose what I like, and I'm not ending up with a plate of things that I may not eat down the, you know, throughout the time. They have, for those that have never been, they have an area that is seafood. They have an area that is meats and cheeses, and they have an area that is fruits. They have an area which is breads, and the sticky cinnamon bun things are to die for. I mean, they're just the best. So I can covered in sticky buns covered in caramel, like oh yeah, yeah, covered in sticky. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I like the fact that I do get to first of all, I get to get up and move a little bit, which is okay considering how much I'm going to consume during this meal. (laughs) And then I get to pick and choose kind of what I like. And then they have that ridiculous dessert bar that has so many choices. Yeah, you can take three or four, but then you know you've consumed a couple thousand calories, so. Um, and then, then you get to choose off the menu as well. So I think what I like is just the variety. It's not like you go in and you order just eggs Benedict and that's what you get with a, you know, a a nice English muffin and call it a day. You get to pick and choose what you want. And there's such a variety for everyone. Yeah. Now, Sam, I think your favorite dishes off the brunch menu. Oh, so, so it is, I think it is good to clarify. So for, for Palo at brunch, the uh, Palo is a restaurant you have to make a reservation for in advance just to help people out who haven't been there before. So you make it in advance before you get on the cruise. Palo Brunch books up quickly because it's only offered on days at sea. I think they may sometimes offer it at port in Nassau, Nassau. Um, okay. but it's only offered at sea. There's an extra charge for it, which I think sits somewhere around 40 or $45 a person now. Well worth the extra fee. If for no other reason, Tracy, you're right. The mouse doesn't give out liquor very often. And, and uh, the free the free Bellini and champagne more than makes up for the 40 or $45 uh, upcharge, in my opinion. Also, when coupled with sticky buns. <laughs> right. You get to order. <laughs> you get to order off of a menu. Uh, basically, just like in rotational dining, you can order as much as you want um off of the menu they'll bring you five different dishes for two people if that's what you want to do and you get to go to this this amazing buffet that tracy described now sam i think you've got some clear standout dishes off of the menu that you go back to so what what do you love off the menu so the things i love off the menu the the two primary things i love off the menu are the chicken parmesan which is served Mm. over a risotto yummy risotto and the lasagna which has this amazing creamy bechamel like sauce it's just amazing so those are the two main dishes i would say i'd also say the tomato soup is delicious yeah it's Um, it's it's a the tomato soup is amazing it's like fresh it's like fresh fresh tomato tomato. soup and then i think you're missing 
the pizza. Yes, I was going to say, the, the other thing that's good that we sometimes will get to share as kind of like an appetizer, which not that we need it, considering that we go to the buffet, <laughs> right, is right. one of the, the pizzas. They I think they call them flatbreads, but it's just a fancy name for pizzas. So they have a, a few different pizzas, and we've tried, I think, all of them at this point. They're, they're all very good. So those are, I would say, those are the dishes we like. We've never ordered a true breakfast dish at the brunch, even though there are several breakfast type options on on the menu. What about you guys? What, uh, Michael, first let's hear from you as to what you love about Paolo brunch specifically, and then what your favorite dish is. Just really everything that, that, that's been said, having the, the variety at, at the buffet, and it's not, don't think you're your typical buffet. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty high end and, and um, all, all the way from, from sweet to savory to, I mean, incredible seafood. Uh, so, so definitely start starting with that. I mean, when I usually go back at least twice to, <laughs> to get more, just just to go along. I mean, start with what you think you're going to like, and the things you really like, go back and get more. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, as you mentioned with the flatbreads, we we've done the same thing. Where, well, we've we've got to have one of those just just to try it, and and then usually go for for. Um, look at the ravioli to see what they have for that because their their homemade pasta and anything they do is just incredible yeah that's a good point all their pastas are made in-house and for both dinner and for the brunch and they're really amazing so let's let's shift gears for a second and go to dinner and let's start with michael since we since we cleaned up on on brunch we'll start with michael for dinner um now dinner is a different setup dinner does not have the buffet dinner is all menu ordering um in our last experience we sort of learned that if you, you you can sort of course it out so you can have your appetizer um, if, if everyone at the table orders a pasta, I think it was, and they have to, we were, we were sort of in a funny moment on the cruise, we were told, well, if you all order a pasta, then we have to do a pasta course. And we were like, we're fine with that. Um, we're so, like, sign us up. <laughs> yeah, sounds great <laughs> to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you, you can get appetizers, salads, you know, pastas, um, and then some pretty stellar entrees. So it's a different setup from brunch because you're not going to a buffet and ordering off the menu. It's, it's more of just a sit down dinner experience again reservation required although the constraints around it being um like on a sea day don't don't exist for palo you can you can book palo on any evening of the cruise really so it's a little easier to get a reservation for dinner yeah the pro the pro tip for palo dinner that that we have learned and now and now are sharing with all of you is we love to book palo dinner on pirate night because then we can go out on the, the balcony off the back of the ship to watch the fireworks from palo or just off of the meridian lounge yes. but and then that's there's exactly an, what we do yeah, yeah. Exactly. we also don't like dressing up for pi- as pirates <laughs> no but there's a big but there's a bigger upcharge for palo for dinner it's like 70 right. something dollars now unless you're platinum in which case i think you get one free palo meal yes um, we do oh there you go so we're we're still waiting to reach the promised land of platinum uh but so we're lowly gold yeah so so michael <laughs> michael what do you love about palo dinner let's stop start there um well, they they have the the wine pairing menu that uh, I've done that a couple times, and that's excellent. The sommelier and and even the chef will come come out and visit and and talk about what's what's paired with it. So, uh, if 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 I'm hungry and in the mood for for the wine, I'll, I'll definitely do do that again. 
Um, as, as Brian said, not only do you have the upcharge with with the dinner, then there there is a further upcharge for the wine pairing menu, but uh, it's it's well worth it with with the wine that you get for that. Um, other than that, the the charcuterie plate that, oh, yeah. that you get, I mean, that's they they come out. They've got a whole cart that they bring around, and and you get to see what's there, and and you know they'll ask you what what you want or you know, tell you to try things that they they think are especially good that that day that the the chefs picked out to to have on the cart, and then I, I usually rotate through. I've had the the sea bass there. I've had the salt and buco. I've uh, and and the veal shank. Uh, we've had the the beef ravioli there. I'm talking about the stuff I wanted to talk about. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. <laughs> no, that's a good point. I think one of the things you mentioned, though, is the sort of personal touch of, you know, right. the chef coming out or the sommelier coming and talking to you and introducing the food to you or the wine to you. I think that's one of the, the for me, one of the highlights of being at Paolo and at Remy, too, mm-hmm. where you really get that personal touch from the kitchen that you don't get in the main dining rooms, right? In the main dining room, everyone's ordering off the same menu. And there are some really great dishes that you get off the rotational dining menus, like the truffle persets, of course. But yeah. <laughs> uh, you do not have any kind of personal connection with the people who are cooking for you. And you don't get to hear what they think is good. Right. Versus when you're at Paolo and Remy, because it's a much smaller experience, you really get um, that kind of personalized touch. Yeah. And, and the other, I mean, the one interesting thing about that, though, is that Pal- so the Palo serving staff is actually the same serving staff as from them. They come up from the main rotational dining rooms, and you'll actually see them serving mm-hmm. at the buffet and other things. Um, we'll talk about Remy in a second, just really quick to sort of highlight what the differences are. But um, the Remy serving staff kitchen, everything is entirely separate. separate. Like they do not contribute in any way back to the main dining, the buffet, anything like that. They are full time. Mm-hmm. And they don't tournament. work on Castaway that, Key. All that, that said, I thought I think that there is um there is a difference between the level of service between the two restaurants, but it is I won't say it's a razor thin difference, but uh, both are are fine dining from a service standpoint. They're, they're, Absolutely. they're excellent service at, at at Palo. And I want to put in a special mention for one dish and then Tracy can say, you guys have covered the whole menu now. <laughs> um, the Dover sole uh, that they, oh, yeah. they, they bring in, they debone table side. I had that for the first time on our last cruise after eating at Palo sort of several times before that. And that's now kind of a go-to for me. I really, I think that's a really good dish. So any, any, any honorable mentions here, Tracy, that we haven't hit on for for Palo well, dinner? The the when we talked about the the antipasto plate or the the cart that they bring over, I think for me one of the favorite things off of that is the Parmesan cheese that they scrape out of that big circular <laughs> cheese roll wheel. Wheel, it, yeah. It is. I mean, like I love cheese, but that Parmesan cheese is so good and so fresh. And then for me, because, you know, I am the beef girl, I, their filet, mm. the, only really place, the only place that I probably had better filet than that was at Victoria and Albert's, the chef's table. Mm-hmm. Um, their, their filet is, is so good. And I, the, when he mentioned the ravioli, they've, they've since that used to be on the um, appetizer menu, you could get the, the beef ravioli. And I loved that. And then they took it off the menu and I was very sad. 
but um, the beef ravioli was very good. Um, loved that. And then I know it's an Italian place and I should get pasta or something, but I love their filet. Well, but, you know, I, actually, I would say that's Palo is one place where I wouldn't shy away from getting a steak because there is, you know, in, in northern Italy, it's not in Tuscany even they have steak. Right. So, like, right. I mean, it's they, they're cooking it in sort of the Italian style, which is mm-hmm. good. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't shy away from that there. I think um, so. The, so the other thing to cover off, I guess, is um, so we talked about Palo, and I know you guys haven't been to Remy, so I won't spend a lot of time here. But uh, just want to highlight for folks that there is sort of a fine dining equivalent on the ship to Victorian Alberts, um, and we'll talk about Victorian Alberts as well. Maybe we'll start there and then sort of come back to Remy. So uh, Tracy, Michael, it sounds like you've been to Victorian Alberts. Sam and I went. Um, uh, gosh, it's a couple years ago now. Uh, to Victorian Alberts, what what were your impressions of uh, of Victorian Alberts? Um, you know, w- walk folks through what you thought, how the how the evening was. You know, uh, maybe even uh, what Victorian Alberts is. Yeah, I, I I had added it to to a bucket list of what I wanted to do at Disney World, probably 10, 10 years ago to to get to. I uh, it, it's the the French restaurant. It, it Disney, it's at the Grand Floridian, uh, and they they do a, a chef's table. So I'd seen it on on TV how it's run, and, and it just I I, I like cooking and, and just wanted, kind of wanted, a chef himself really. So let's be honest. <laughs> wanted to be there for, for that experience, the um, you know the, to be right right in the kitchen with the chefs going by, and and it it was everything I would have expected. We, we didn't have, I think it's chef Scott was, was actually on, on one of the ships at the time. So he wasn't there, but, uh, a sous chef took, took care of us, um, talked with him beforehand about what, what we liked, what we didn't like. Um, how, yeah. And, and, and <laughs> they, they took it in stride and it, with 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 Tracy's limitations on what she will and won't eat, it, it was a bit difficult for him. But but I I know she she enjoyed everything as well. Uh, but they they prepare for it. They they only have one seating at the the chef's table a night. It can be from from two to ten ten. Yeah, the people. particular night we were there, we were the only people in there. Oh wow! Wow, what it's a cool one, experience. Yeah, it's yeah. only it's only one party, so. Whether that's two people, as it was in our case, or I think up to ten, it's it's still one party. You, they would, you know, even if it's ten, they would have all already known each other. So it's just one table, and it was just a, the two of us in in a, a special room. But it's it's open to the kitchen. Remember, I'm thinking it was seven courses. I don't know. I think it was had, like ten. It was a eight, lot of food. Seven to ten, somewhere in there. <laughs> All, all small small plates, but getting getting a, a taste of everything from from each station in the kitchen, and and each chef that was had prepared the dish came came back and and talked about it. Uh, there was a sommelier that that kept checking on us and and filling wine glasses and and talking about what what would be best for dessert. I mean, they it it wasn't. I don't think we did a wine. You did. Oh, we you did, did do a, a wine. You did a pairing. wine pairing, and, and here's a little Disney tip: anytime that you do a wine pairing, if only one of you does it, 
it doesn't mean the other one can't taste the wine. <laughs> Very good point. Right? So he would, and like he did that for Remy when we did the dessert thing. He did he did the wine pairing. I was like, well, I don't know that I'm going to want to drink that much. But when he got a glass, I'd take a sip of it. And if I liked it, I got more of it. <laughs> so, the so, chef's, the chef's table is, so we didn't get to do that. We, so we ate at Victoria and Albert's and then just, sort of just a little bit of quick background. So yeah, you have to make a reservation. The chef's table, that's an amazing opportunity. That's, that's one that books up, um, way out. We ate in the Queen Victoria dining room, I think it okay. was. So they have, they have like the, they have like the regular Victoria and Albert's dining room, which there's nothing regular about it. At least that yeah, way. Right. But it's <laughs> a little bit, it's a little bit bigger. There's more part, like right. maybe 10 tables or yeah. something. And then we, we were in the, the Queen Victoria dining room which is a you can make a reservation for that's like four tables four tables but i think they weren't none of them were they weren't all, all full yeah and they weren't all full like when we got when we got seated i think there was only one other table that had already been seated and then sort of later in our meal then the other two tables yep. got seated and then um yeah then there's the chef's table obviously which is back in the kitchen is a different experience um I think we, we've eaten at quite a bit of sort of fine dining over time in places like the French Laundry or 11 Madison Park in New York. And Victorian Alberts is definitely on par with those restaurants in terms of trying to provide that level of service and food quality. Um, the, the two things that stood out for me from uh, from that dinner, or I guess the two things that I remember, one, Victorian Alberts is the only restaurant on Walt Disney World property that I'm aware of, probably aside from Club 33, that has like an enforced dress code mm -hmm. and actually club 33 at Walt Disney world. I'm not even sure it does at Disneyland. They definitely do. Um, and you, so men have to wear a jacket and you will not get seated if you're not sort of inappropriate attire. Um, uh, the other thing that I remember from that night was the, this is terrible. The food was all great. The wine pairings were wonderful, but I remember the coffee because they bring oh, yeah. out this like Bunsen burner like contraption to make coffee in front of you. And as our guy was making the, the waiter was making it, uh, he was telling us, well, I broke three of these this month. And I sort of said, what? He said, yeah, the, the heat on the bottom of them, sometimes they just can't take it and they explode. They're making better ones now. And I was just like, I was like, so is coffee going to explode all over me at the end of my dinner? But it was, it was a wonderful dinner. Definitely a fine dining kind of dinner. Yeah. Um, I, so Sam, I don't know if anything stood out for you there. Tracy, if there's anything you want to add on, I mean, the chef's table sounds like an amazing experience. So, I want to say you, you mentioned needing reservations. There's actually an interesting story about how we came about ours because I, I knew it was tough and we had actually booked a family vacation and we're uh, staying in concierge at Animal Kingdom. So when, when you're staying at a concierge, you can can call up and, and then a concierge will take care of making reservations for you. So we we had had that planned. I called, talked to concierge, and yep, they said they'll they'll make it. And and we we had a week planned, and and it's 180 days from your first day. So since we were there a week, I just told her it's like. Any any day that week you can get there. So it's 180 days plus the length of your stay that that you can make a reservation. So I, I was surprised she called back. Yep, I, I got in. It's like Thursday of this day. That's awesome. That that's a really good up. point though. That you can that one that you can make a reservation more than 180 days in advance if it's the within the length of your stay. But then the other good point is the more flexibility you give. Uh, the more likely you'll be able to get a reservation for, you know, at least one night. 
Mm-hmm. Now, the the interesting, further interesting part of that is we ended up having to cancel that vacation, family vacation, and move it to be earlier because our daughter who plays volleyball in, in high school, well, that time was going into junior high. Now I'm getting back to what date it was. She was going into junior high. Well, we didn't realize with, with sports that... It, I, yeah, tryout was was that first week in August, so we couldn't go as a family, so we moved it. We kept the reservation and planned another trip for the two of us just to be able to go to Victoria and Albert's that day. Oh. <laughs> That's smart, and you got a second trip out of well, it. Well, wait, were you staying on? Were you staying at Concierge at Animal Kingdom on DVC points? Because that's even rarer than I think going to the uh, going to the chef's table. We, 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 we were going to. We were going to, but we had to cancel it. We still had, <laughs> we still can stay Concierge. That's the funny part. We had to yeah, cancel that. So we, we, up... we use the concierge services. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I think there's like four rooms at Animal Kingdom that are concierge right. or something crazy like that. Yeah. Well, wow. you guys have, yeah, you have well, real, in, real in our contracts there. So we we had the 11th, 11 months. Oh, there you go. Do yeah. it. So we we booked it and 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 yeah. Usually with that, with with the way our kids are, we're we're looking that far in advance. We've we've definitely perplexed some coaches and teachers by asking. Well, what what's your plan for this time next year? <laughs> you look at us like we're crazy. It's like, no, you understand. We have to plan that far in advance. Yeah, you're like, no, we're DVC members. We're not crazy. We just know what we want. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So for me, um, you know, this was a big deal for him. This was on his bucket list, and and because I'm such a picky eater, and it's not a it's not a health issue, or it's not things that I can't eat. It's just I'm very very picky. But for me, this the actual just being there and watching in the kitchen what they were doing, how they were putting things on plates with tweezers mm-hmm. and the things they were putting on the plates and the things that were my choices. And they were so good with me. Like they would say, do you like this? And I'd be like, well, not really. They're like, OK, what about this? Not really. OK, what about this? That I'll eat. OK, great. And they like every <laughs> single course they babied me through when it got to the main course and they knew that I wanted steak, I know you're all going to be surprised about that. <laughs> um, the, the, the chef came over and, and she, you know, said, have you ever had Kobe beef? And I was like, no. And she's like, okay, well, so she ended You've up giving me, I've had the Wagyu before, but I'd never had the Kobe. Well, it was like, I was supposed to get just one of those, mm-hmm. but because, because of my pickiness, she gave me both so I could compare and contrast. <laughs> That's amazing. So, and so, so, I yeah. Got, yeah. so I had the, you know, I had a bite of the Wagyu and it's fantastic. It's like the best you'll ever had. And then I tried the Kobe. Yeah, that, I mean, it, it was, the difference was incredible. And so that, that was a great experience for me because again, because I'm so picky and they just really babied me all the way through the whole meal. And he still got to enjoy all the crazy stuff he likes to eat or wants to try. But it was a it was a really interesting experience. So so that's actually so Tracy, that's a good segue. So Sam and I are just going to chat for a quick second about Remy since you guys okay. haven't been. But I think in hearing our chat and discussion, you guys might want to try it out. So um, uh, the the Kobe Wagyu thing that you're just describing is exactly mm-hmm. an experience you can have at uh, at Remy. Um, so let, yep. let's quickly just go, so we're we're going back from land to sea here. We're going back to Remy. Remy is the uh, other adult restaurant uh, on the Disney Cruise Line that you have to book in advance. 
It's only on the fantasy and the dream, the two yep. bigger ships. And yep. it, we don't know if it'll be on the new ships. The wish. Have, who knows? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, there is a serious upcharge for, for Remy. Now I will tell you, having eaten, eaten at places like the French laundry or 11 Madison park or any number of other sort of dinner by Heston Blumenthal in London, like these, these sort of high end Michelin starred restaurants, uh, Remy is sort of the equivalent of at least a two, if not a three Michelin starred restaurant. They don't okay. give Michelin stars to restaurants at sea. I think Victorian Alberts is a two or a three Michelin starred restaurant at Walt Disney World. I think it's three actually. Um, and so they don't give Michelin stars to restaurants that are at sea, but it's the same chef from Victorian Alberts who oversees the menu right. uh, yep. at Remy. Um, it is um, the same level of service. It is. I'd actually say that the service is a little bit more formal, maybe a little bit more European style. Well, the, some people will say that's better. Some people won't. The, the thing to highlight about Remy. So let's put it in context. Remy is themed to Ratatouille. Now it's not themed like you're not going to walk in the restaurant and find little rats everywhere. Like that's not, <laughs> this is a high end experience. So it is, it is delicately themed to Remy, but as a consequence, it is a French restaurant. Um, all of the, the wait staff are French. Um, at least all of the ones we've had, I think everyone in that restaurant is, is French and French speaking. Most of them, yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the menu at Remy, there's, a, as I said, there's a serious upcharge to even dine at Remy. And then there are additional upcharges on the menu. So, um, the menu is broken down into, there's the French menu and the American menu. And basically what they say is pick your journey, right? You'll either have the American menu that's fr designed by, um, a renowned American chef or the French menu that's designed by the sort of renowned French chef, uh, and you kind of go on your journey. Now, much like Tracy mentioned, if you order the wine pairing, if one person orders the wine pairing, you can share the wine. What Sam and I kind of like to do is we'll, we'll, one of us will pick the American, one of us will pick the French, and we'll kind of allow each other to taste off of each other's plates a little bit. Yeah. Inevitably, I'm a big French cooking fan, so inevitably I end up loving my French menu. Sam ends up loving her American menu. Much like... Um, there's uh, also an a la carte option where you can sub in. So to, for Tracy, this would be actually a great option. If you go one, I think you'd probably lean towards the American menu. It's a little bit safer. Right? Uh, and I say that as somebody who chooses the American menu pretty much every time. Um, but I will also say they have some other a la carte options that you can substitute in if one of the dishes on there kind of sounds a little too, a little too risky. But even okay. better than even better than Palo. You get to start your evening with one of the best drinks oh, yeah. in Disney. I should have said this as my favorite drink, the Colette. And it's there's an a whole drink. story as they sort of make the Colette off of a cart right in front of you. Colette is obviously one of the characters in mm -hmm. Ratatouille. And they have a whole story about how she's a strong, bold woman. And there's like pouring in a little in, bit of bitter, a little bit little of bitter, sweet. a little bit of effervescence. So it's like champagne and, and Grand Marnier. Grand Marnier. And so anyway, I forget it, what else. it is an amazing drink. Pro tip. We found out actually now we'll probably change it. If we broadcast this, thankfully our listening, our listening audience is still, <laughs> still, still growing. Um, <laughs> that, uh, if you order another Colette, they don't charge you for it. So, um, so, so you can sort of, sort of yeah. dine on Colette. They have wine pairings with both, uh, both menus. And then those are additional charges just like at Paulo or at yeah. Victorian Alberts and, or and any this of these is, places. This is dinner. I should back up and say Remy also offers a champagne paired brunch. Now, I think brunch is probably of the meals. Remy brunch of all the meals on the ship is kind of number four 
for me in terms of the adult restaurants, um, in terms of it's really good. It's, it's just good. not as good as dinner or as the Paulo brunch and dinner. Yeah. I think the champagne really shines like the champagne paired with the breakfast food there really shines at dinner. The food really shines and the wine is sort of there to support it. Um, so anyway, pick your meal. There's kind of there's caviar service if you want to pay an upcharge. There's a Wagyu beef add-on if you want to pay that upcharge. But it is fine dining at its finest yeah. uh, on board a cruise ship. And I've sailed on other cruise lines. Sam has been with me on a few. We have eaten at the higher-end restaurants on those those ships, the ones that you have to pay extra to eat in. I will say, hands down, Remy just blows them oh, yeah. out of the water. I think it is... I, for me, it even edges out Victoria and Alberts in some I would ways. Agree. I think, oh. if nothing else, the ambiance, like the ambiance of being on the cruise ship in this elegant sort of setting with the fine dining experience and the quality of the service and the food and the chef always comes around. I think it's amazing. The only missed opportunity I think they have, and I've said this just about every time I talk to someone about Remy, is I wish the chef's hat had a little rat in it that was backlit. <laughs> so as he came around, it looked like he were he was he was like being controlled by Remy the rat. But I I get that might be a bridge too far for a fine dining chef. But I think it's Imagineers, if you're listening, please make this happen. I think it is well worth right? the investment. Yeah, so, that would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. But no, I totally agree. The I think the the upcharge that you would like is the steak pair, essentially the steak add-on, which lets mm-hmm. you compare the, just like you talked about at Victoria and Albert, uh, yeah. you get to compare the two steaks. Well, and you know what did it for me, actually, for Remy, I'll just say this, uh, that, so last time we went on the cruise, we were with, um, we were with one of Sam's friends and uh, we were having Remy brunch, actually. And we were enjoying brunch and and they, you know, they came over and they said, so we know you're coming back to dine with us in a few days. And and we said, oh, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. And her friend said, you have the most amazing amuse-bouche to start the dinner with that. that there are these like deep, it's a deep, crusted, deep fried something, but it's basically tomato the something soup. in the middle is tomato soup. So somehow they have deep fried the tomato soup into a ball. And when Ooh. you bite into it, the soup just kind of explodes in your wow, mouth, right? Amazing. And so she, he was like, these are so amazing. I love them so much. And and she said, you know, kind of a tear trickling down her, like, I'm sorry, we actually changed the Amuse Boost. We don't have those currently. No. And he was just like, <gasps> and, 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 and uh, so, so we, we came back for dinner. They had made that Amuse Boost for, for us, us for the oh. evening because he loved it so much. And I just thought that is, you know, you would get that at a really fine dining yeah. restaurant. I think it's coupling that with the cruise line where it's like, the cruise line staff is already trying to bend over backwards to make it your best experience. And then you couple that with fine dining and suddenly it's just like, I don't know. It's like that scene in Ratatouille where he's biting into each thing individually and then he bites into them together and then his mind explodes with fireworks. <laughs> anyway, so I, Tracy, Michael, give Remy a shot if you get a chance. Oh, um, he's, I, he would be all in. It's it's me dragging my feet. But, you know, you've, you've given me some food for thought and uh, I will definitely... If I were on the cruise ship now, like I'm supposed to be, but uh, yeah. yeah, well, and I think, we were on the wonder anyway. It didn't matter. Oh, yeah, no. I think they'll they'll work with you on food, but yeah, okay. you'll have to, you'll have to talk to them about about it, and you might want to talk to them even ahead of time. But I I right. think they'll be able to work with you enough to to awesome. get you know to to craft something mm-hmm. to your liking that won't be that won't be too scary. But I will right. say it is. You know, as all fine dining is with, you know, Victoria and Albert's, Remy, um, places like that, it it does take being a little bit more adventurous. And so Mm -hmm. those places are not for everyone. And so that to our listeners, if you are a really non-adventurous eater, 
it's okay to stick with Paulo. It's yeah, okay to 100%. skip Remy. It's okay not to, I'd say even go further. I don't think Paolo should be missed. I think it's great, but you can have really great meals just in the rotational. Oh, dining sure. room. I mean, we haven't even talked Absolutely. about Tiana's, Tiana's place, the escargot yes. at some of the main dining. It's, there's a lot of great yeah. options out there just in rotational dining. So you don't feel pressure to sort of upcharge if you don't want to. Great right, escargot just, story. Can I just throw this out real quick? Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely. So our very first cruise, Michael's mom took all of us, her, uh, Michael's sister, and then the six of us on our very first Disney cruise on the Disney Magic. And we uh, went to our first rotational dining. And I, I don't know if it was the first night or the second night. But by that, by the time the um, the servers, because if, for those of you that don't know rotational dining, the servers travel with you from restaurant to restaurant. So you get the same servers every night. And our servers were just fantastic with the kids, as they all are. But the night that it was French night, the server came up to us. Or the night before, the kids had left to go to the kids' clubs. And he said, tomorrow night, I am going to bring out an appetizer that you did not order. He said, please <laughs> let me bring it out and let me put it on the table. Don't say anything. Everybody try it. I'm like, okay, whatever. So the next night, he came out and he brought out trays of escargot and put it on the table. And the kids are like, what's that? I'm like, I don't know. It's an appetizer. And so they all took one and they all ate it. And they're like, oh, this is so good. And then... The was completely over. We finished all our meals. They were getting ready to go to their clubs. And they're like, what was that we ate? And I said, yes, escargot. And they said, what is that? And, and I said, snail. I mean, you could see all four of them like, go, I want to go you, but it was really good. So when I was a kid, my mother did the same thing to me with calamari. She invited me and a school friend of mine out and we were we were all eating. And, and she said, oh, this is a great appetizer. And of course, it's the South, so it's deep fried, right? And so we're, we're sitting there and we're, this is so delicious. And she's like, that's squid. <laughs> and then we still right. have kids that will will order it. They will get it. Um, my, our oldest wanted to take it actually to his girlfriend's for New Year's Eve. So, oh, nice. I mean, it, you know, so we, we've had it, you know, they, they've actually grown to love it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's usually served at the, the Royal Court or the Royal Palace on that, uh, that night where they, uh, they do Chateau Brian, they do escargot. It's, yeah, the French onion soup is yeah. kind of that French themed menu yeah. that night. Yeah. All right. So I got, I've got two questions to finish up. So first question, kind of going back to the roundtable format real fast. Um, most like most memorable signature dining experience. And I think Tracy, Michael, if it's the chef's table for you at Victoria and Albert's, <laughs> I, I, I can totally understand. <laughs> yeah. I don't, for me, I, because I, that was for me, that was a little bit, give me, gave me a little bit yeah, of anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, but I think for me, yeah, I think for me, probably Palo, especially the last time we were there, like I said, we had a, a, a server who had served us and our family on a different cruise. And then now she was in Palo and she just spoiled us. And and so Palo is always probably going to have a big piece of my heart. So, Sam. You know, I thought that uh, honestly, uh, so I'm not going to pick a chef's table meal because that's like, I feel like it's unfair to pick that, that right. Napa Rose meal. Um, I thought that meal that we had at Steakhouse 55 um, recently at Disneyland was a really great dining experience. We just really enjoyed each other's company. We really enjoyed the food. We had had a great day at the parks that day. It was just, oh, and we had just gone on Rise of the Resistance. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. So it was one of those like, 
kind of the day was set up so well. And then we had this really great meal. We were so full because I had this like huge, I don't know, 16 or 18 ounce steak. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was just, I mean, I'm like you, Tracy, and that I love a good steak. So Ugh. I can, I can really uh, pack the, the ounces of steak away. Yes. Um, yeah, that was, that was a really great meal. I'm, I'm going to go with, um, for, for me, I think food experience, I actually really liked Topolino's Terrace when we ate oh, there. Oh, that was a great one. But I think my favorite dis- signature dining experience would be um, that last minute reservation we got on the trip to, um, is it California Grill on the yes. top of the Contemporary? And getting to watch the fireworks from up there, yeah, uh, just sitting at our table, having a nice meal. It was a really good meal too. Yeah, it was. It was really good, and the and service. And with our was son, great. even I mean, he's six, and he it was actually still a really great dining experience. Yeah, yeah. for him as well. I thought the food that he got was really great. He had a really nice steak. Um, yeah, it was. He had a really good chicken soup, chicken noodle soup. Who'd have thought, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, California Grill is great. Yeah, that was a great, I thought that was a great one too. Yeah. All right. Last question here. Last question. And I'm going to lead off so that you guys have some time to think, because this is a little bit trickier one. So if there was one thing you could change about Disney dining, it could be on the ship, it could be on land, different restaurant, you know, anything you wanted to change about it, what would you change? And I'll, I'll kick things off. I hate 180 day ADRs. I just like I I hate having to be up at six o'clock in the morning, picking restaurants, having no idea what my fast passes are going to be for the day. Right, you have to pick what oh, parks you're going to be at. Yeah, yeah. I, I I I get what they're doing, but I think it adds a level of um, anxiety to the trip planning. Now, I'm a big planner. I love planning the trips. I will not farm out my Disney World trip planning, at least yet, to like a travel agent. Um, he's I, too much of a control freak, is what I he's am, really I saying. Am, I, am. <laughs> I have a hard time with the fact that the few cruises we have booked through a travel agent recently, like that I can't like go on and like change my stateroom on my own on the fly if I really want to. But um, but I, I, I just I wish there was so. And the reason I say that is because Disneyland, the the advanced dining reservations, they have a 90 day window, but no one goes in at 90 days you can get <laughs> reservations four weeks out two weeks wow. out some really great places without a lot of hassle mm-hmm. and if you just hit the app when you get there as long as you're kind of stalking the app if there's something you really want you'll find something yeah unless it's like christmas or new year's or something mm-hmm. or, you know unless it's a really busy time spring break might be another one where it's a little harder it, you'll still find something you just might not get your first valentine's choice. day was actually the hardest valentine's Valentine, day was the yes. hardest the oh, hardest wow. for us yeah that was yeah. the hardest but, yeah. well, but it's, so the anyway. difference, it's the difference in the clientele because you guys yep. out there at disneyland it's mostly annual pass holders it's people that go regularly we're Disney World it's those of us that have to travel you know 22 hours by car which I never will do exactly. uh, for sure yeah you know or to fly there and you're there for you know so it, for us it's easier I think to plan that far in advance just because and and for us too I think while we enjoy the rides if now rise of the resistance I will say I you know when we get down to either park I'm going to be trying to get on that for sure but you know, we've ridden everything. So if yeah, I don't yeah, get yeah. to ride, you know, the Seven Dwarf Mine ride, it's okay. You yeah, know, yeah, I, yeah. I won't miss a good dinner for that. <laughs> that's a really good Well, point. and that's, I think that's also the joy eventually of being DVC is you can just kind of slow down and say, I'm coming back. It's okay. Right. Right? It's okay if I yeah. miss that one ride, this one trip. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So I will, I'll jump in with mine then. Um, 
because thinking about you talking about the advanced dining reservations made me think of the fact that Disney Springs is just a little too far away from the parks at Disney World, in my opinion. I mean, I know they it has to be. But mm-hmm. if I could move a handful of restaurants that are in Disney Springs uh, into yeah. the parks, mm-hmm. like into into Magic Kingdom, into Hollywood Studios, um, you know, I, I think there's there's a few really great. Re- I mean, there's a ton of great restaurants at Disney Springs. I just wish that the quality of restaurants in the parks matched the quality of the restaurants in Disney Springs. And in order to do that, I think you just have to transplant a few restaurants there. So that would be my that would be my big change. Well, for me, I would definitely ditch the pirate menu on the cruise ships. That is my least favorite menu. We we know that's usually like night four because you'll go through the rotational dining once and then it's usually, you know, after that you've done the first three restaurants and you've had the regular menu there. I have yet to enjoy the pirate menu. And so that's, we do the same thing you guys do. When it's pirate night, we go to Palo because I just, I don't enjoy the menu. Um, and and so I would be like maybe changing up the, you know, because after you do the first three days where everything is, you know, you have the, the French day, you have uh, a Tiana's, it's usually, you know, a New Orleans flair. Um but then the the restaurant menus are the same in all three restaurants after that usually. And so I would probably say changing up the menus more on the cruise ships. And and that may happen as the new ships are coming, you know, the, the Disney wish is coming out in a in next year, 2021, right? 2021, 2022. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see at this point, but um, I would love to see, um, some, you know, and, and they could do things even like, um, uh, like they do on some of the other cruise ships where they have maybe, uh, a restaurant by, you know, Art Smith or Guy Fieri, how do you say his last name? Um, <laughs> sorry, Guy, if you're listening. Um, but something like that on the cruise ships, I think for me would be something that I like to see. And maybe it's because I'm going, you know, my next cruise will be number 16, um, yeah. But I would like to see something a little bit different on the on the cruise menu. No, I mean, Pirate Night's a good one. I mean, and we, we've we, like so actually we usually book our Palo dinner on Pirate Night because we just don't love the 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 Pirate menu. I also right. have said to people a few times now along my feedback about Remy, I think the Pirate Night menu is a missed opportunity just from a theming standpoint. You know, I mean, the the chicken chicken fingers with the side of planks you know i mean sort of it feels like they could jazz up the food just a little bit to try and have more of the pirate theming in the menu and make it more interesting i think tiana's place actually accomplishes that with the new orleans kind of theme and menu and food offerings and so i think there's just a missed opportunity there to sort of you know just it'd be like a star wars night being like you're having chicken and lightsabers you know it's just not (laughs) it's not it's not right yeah so so, okay, so Michael, one thing you want to change. The same, along the lines of what Sam said, with a couple of the parks, they, they really don't have decent uh, choices for, for restaurants, especially Magic Kingdom. I mean, that seems to be more more geared towards either the, the quick service or even a quick sit-down or the very themed uh, menus. So just uh, having a little more of what you get at the World Showcase in, in Epcot would be nice. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, I would uh, totally agree also that Epcot has 
at the World Showcase, that's the nice thing about Epcot. They really do have some good restaurants. So if you need a break in the middle of the day and you want to have a sit-down meal or you're going to stick around for the for the uh, light show thing, I forget what that's called, uh, World of Color cool. now? No, no that's now the old it's one. Epcot Forever. Epcot Forever. Anyway, if you're going to yeah. stick around... Yeah, if you're going to stick around for that show and you want to stick around and have dinner in the park because it is a long schlep between, and that's a technical term, a long schlep. (laughs) It is a long schlep between the parks and Disney Springs. And Mm -hmm. it, you know, getting back and forth in the middle of the day or in the evening, if you're going to go back to the park, it just doesn't make sense. But what's funny about the Epcot comment is the restaurants are so good, but then they're in constant festival mode. So they always have food booths, too. And so it's like, how much good food do we need to pack into the World Showcase at Epcot before you sort of like maybe put something better and so, like, because Animal Kingdom, I think, is actually a standout for the in-park food options. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hollywood Studios is kind of so-so, and then yeah, Magic, Magic Kingdom, Kingdom falls the off a cliff. Yeah, yeah. the Magic right. Kingdom. I, yeah, Magic Kingdom. As Michael said, my, Magic Kingdom is the worst as far as um, food sit-down dining places. It's fine for quick-service food. Um, if you're, if just you're grabbing taking, something. if you're Fair taking word. little kid like Cinderella's yeah. Castle or the the Beauty and the Beast. Be our guest. Yep. I mean, yep. those are very nice themed with character kinds of sit-downs, but but for like your adult trip or our adult trips, Magic Kingdom, there's just not really any place to really go and, you know, have that really nice sit down meal. So that's the benefit of being Magic Kingdom. You can go to on the monorail to Ohana or California. Right. Rail. Those are those are the your best options or Victorian Alberts, I guess, still. But those well, are also longer meals. Or there's yeah. the there's a the, the restaurant and the name's escaping me. There's another restaurant in the Grand Floridian that's also sit down. That's not Victorian Alberts. It's yeah. actually really, really good. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. 1900 Park Fair. Yeah, 1900 That's Park it, Fair. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are those are good options. But yeah, there's not much in the park. I mean, unless you you're not really going to have a, a buffet meal with Winnie the Pooh at Crystal Palace if you're adults only. <laughs> I mean, not that honestly, that buffet is not bad. That one's a, I would say better than some of the others. That, that might be sort of in the age of in the age of coronavirus. That might be the one thing I wish Disney would change. Actually, is I think they need to scale back these buffets or change how they're done like and i would say even especially so on the cruise line um because i think the the sort of the breeding ground for people getting sick is i really think it's those buffets um and and how they're handled and i I heard another podcaster talking about how um they they had sort of witnessed like they have the hand washing stations and they had sort of witnessed someone just sort of walk right by and go in and, and when somebody said something to them, they're like, oh, I washed my hands in my room and total disregard of the elevator oh, wow. buttons they had touched, the railings they had, you know, all that sort of stuff. The door so, they had touched yeah. probably to get in. Yeah. I, actually, I actually predict that that will be something that on the cruise line changes. I think the buffets yeah. will change. Well, yeah. I did hear that um, on the cruises that were still going uh, while when the coronavirus pandemic hit the United States, that what they did change is in the buffets, the uh, guests were not allowed to touch the spoons to get their own feet to serve themselves. So they had the cast members who presumably were wearing gloves or had washed their hands or whatever they do. I'm sure they wash their hands a lot more than the guests do, um, were doing all of the serving. So you couldn't serve yourself in the buffets. And that's that's a a good change Mm -hmm. that I would not be surprised to see if they continue with buffets that, that that's what 
they, they will require it to be mm-hmm. cast members serving the food rather than guests serving themselves. I even heard you couldn't get your own ice cream out of the free ice cream machine. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah. Well, actually, on our last cruise, that was um, that happened on our last cruise. But, but the thing for me is it works fine at the pizza station, the sandwich station. Right. You go up, you tell right. them what you want, they put it on a plate, they hand it to you, yeah, right? Like it's, totally. it's great. Yeah, so... Yeah. All right. Well, with that, I think we will we will wrap things up on the dining episode of our of our show. And Michael, now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so are we. We can smell pizza wafting this direction uh, from the delivery we just got uh, since we're quarantined at home. Um, right. But yeah. So um, Tracy, um, you're a you're a travel agent actually. Do you want to tell people where they can find about about you and your travel agency if they have uh, questions about planning a Disney vacation? Sure, absolutely. So um, I am a Disney travel specialist with Looking Glass Travel, and you can find me um, on Instagram at, it's it's kind of a long handle, but it's LGT for Looking Glass Travel underscore vacay underscore by underscore Tracy. Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes for the for the podcast too. So yeah, yeah. that'll be so if you if you're interested in booking a Disney vacation, feel free to reach out to Tracy because as Sam and I like to say, we are not travel agents. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and we don't know all the answers to those travel agent questions, but I'm sure Tracy does. She is a very experienced Disney person. <laughs> Thank you. I try. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Michael, Tracy, really, really great to have you on. So much fun. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having us. This was great. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for uh, for listening. And thanks again, Michael and Tracy. And uh, yeah, we will talk more next time. Uh, see you real soon. Well, there you have it. Another episode of the DCL Duo podcast. We so enjoyed having Michael and Tracy come on the show to talk about Disney dining and Disney food. As you can probably tell from the discussion, Sam and I are big fans of both, um, and so we really enjoyed having a chance to talk about them. I'm sure you'll be hearing more about Disney dining and Disney food uh, throughout the podcast as we uh, as we move forward. It's a favorite topic of ours uh, whenever we get a chance to be on board a Disney ship or at a Disney park. So thanks again for listening this week. Uh, we really enjoy making these podcasts, and we hope you enjoy listening to them. If you do, please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Those reviews are really helpful in making the podcast more visible uh, and helping us to get uh, guests onto the show. So please, please click over there now. uh, Leave us a five-star rating and click that review button, write a review. We'll read it at the beginning of the, uh, the show each week. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at DCL Duo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with the Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney Family of Theme Parks. The views expressed on this show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Walt Disney World vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent, or as we said at the end of the show, feel free to reach out to Tracy, who's also a Disney specialist travel agent. And we'll include links to her information in the show notes this week. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. And please stay safe out there. Thanks. Good night.